That's right, and welcome back to Comics Exchange, your friendly neighborhood podcast. I'm the trusty Mike D. To my left, we have the cheesy Ryan Shipley. <laughs> no one's going to get that. <laughs> no one's going to get it, but it's, it's a fondue a, joke, right? It is a fondue joke, yes. I Just before we started recording, uh, literally like seconds before we started recording, I learned what fondue was. And you said it was what, too much work? I thought it was going to be not. I thought it was going to so be. So what do you think fondue was? So I thought it was not any work. Like you basically had a big vat of cheese and you just dipped different things in it and ate it. Like I the did, stuff comes out that's coated in cheese. Yeah, everything's no, no nothing's coated in cheese. You're having to like stick it in right, the cheese and, and, and bring it out. Like a, right. it's like a dip. It's like a impressive fancy dip. Right. But there's more to it. Is yes. what I found out. There's well, oils involved. <laughs> there can't be hot oil. In uh, in some of the stuff they'll serve you, you have to keep in the the oil or the cheese for a certain amount of time. So uh, you're cooking it. So it, it, yeah. it's yeah, because it, that's the thing with fondue. You never really get all the way full because you're eating stuff in like little cubes. Yeah, like off of like a cheese tray. Mm. Yeah, you know? with extra steps. Yeah, with extra that's steps so crazy. involved. Because I, I I got it with Korean barbecue. You make the food in front of you, and that's like if I'm going to a restaurant, I don't want to do any work. I want to sit there, eat my food, and be done. The whole buffet thing kind of makes me mad because you got to go up and get up your food. <laughs> what if they offered you half off the bill if you cooked your own steak? That's no. fair. That's fair. No. You wouldn't go back to the kitchen? I actually, and- I could do that because I can do steak on a F- George Foreman grill, so I guess I can do that. Do you know, for a while there, Shoney stopped doing where you actually went to the bar yourself and picked your food. During like COVID? After COVID, they had it where the waitress would come up and go, what do you want? And I guess you would say, bring me mashed potatoes. <laughs> and the waitress and would go of up them. and bring you mashed potatoes back. But we are not in a restaurant. We are in a comic shop. And what? Here's, here's the voice of that we hear. It happens to be the voice of Knoxville's longest-running comic book shop owner. It's Bill Langford. Yay! <laughs> I guess we have food on the mind. I guess so. because, it's, a, it's uh, dinner time. Yeah. Well, this is we're recording this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We're 48 hours away from um, Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble. By the time this goes up in the morning, we'll be 24 hours from Turkey Day. Mm. Now, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, that's a good question. Um... We're, we just do kind of a small one. It's usually yeah. my mom, my brothers, and my nephew and niece and uh, my sister-in-law. That's usually who we have. Do you do a big thing? No, essentially. I So I like to cook a lot. Okay. So oh, for me, huh. Thanksgiving's kind of therapeutic. I didn't know that. Okay. And, uh, and also, I've spent all this money in cookware over the years. <laughs> oh. So I feel like I want to yeah, reap, the, reap the reward, right? And be yeah. able to use this, this cookware that I bought. Yeah. So I get to break out the... You know, the the mandolin. <laughs> Very careful with that For, thing. You got to be careful when you make scallop potatoes. Jeez. But, uh, hey, but, what's your favorite uh, kitchen equipment that you have? You got you got a favorite thing you like? Uh, it's my fondue pot, Ron. Fondue? <laughs> yes. It's, uh, no, I'm just... Just, I'm just stick the whole turkey in there? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We actually have a fondue pot, and I don't think I've used it one time. <laughs> um, uh, out of all of them, it's probably the, the omelet pan, oh, because my girls pan. like omelets, and... Uh, you know, so you do that like in the morning, like day of? All, uh, any time of day. Okay. Um, they love omelets. I know your kids do because they. we used to go to that restaurant together and we do that uh, omelet bar. Oh, yeah. That Kevin Smith used to, used to, used to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they have, they've always loved them and they used to call them omelets. Oh. And then after a while I said, listen, girls, <laughs> dad's making these. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. need to come up with a different name. You know, uh, I get the omelets. It's cool. It rhymes. But let's give credit where credit's due. 
Now, what do you, um, what's traditionally your uh, Thanksgiving look like, Mike? Uh, we just do a little something smaller at the house. Uh, Jamie's mom or grandmother will sometimes do some things. Uh, my, my time off these days are extremely precious with that busy time of year, so I'm looking to have some nice quiet things happen at the house personally. Uh, I like cooking, much yeah. like Bill, and we'll, we'll probably just put together a nice little family dinner. Turkey though, no ham. I don't like. I'm not doing no. ham. I don't. I'm not oh, doing okay. ham. Oh, okay. So that was going to be actually anti my ham. Huh? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Wait, yeah. so you had to go between turkey or ham as your main. Your turkey all the way. All the way. You just don't like a ham anyway. What about a Christmas ham? Not so much. I, I, okay. just, I just no wonders about ham. I'm just not down with the ham. Is what I'm saying. Boo. How do you like to do your turkey? Do you spatchcock it? What? You just made that word up. No, I didn't. It That's makes not me real. giggle. Uh, spatchcock. Tell him, Ryan. Uh, Spatchcock is. Uh, I'm guessing I'm gonna have to look it up and Google. Please show me spatchcock. <laughs> this is risky. This is gonna be in your Google search result. It's a uh, butterflying. Spatchcock is when a butcher, uh-huh. chef, or pro home uh, cook like you removes a chicken's backbone so that it lays flat. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not. So good. you pull like a fatality. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> yeah, you're a turkey guy. Yes, I am. I'm. Oh, yeah. I like both, but I guess I, I do like the turkey because I don't. That's the only day of the year I really do turkey. Is that? Mm-hmm. No. Are you turkey or ham guy? Pastrami. <laughs> you the old guy. Thanksgiving. It really tastes good in your fondue. No, this is <laughs> this is what you can't uh, yeah. you can't do that, Ron. Yeah. But uh, this is, let's be real here. But no, uh, I, I'm a turkey guy for this reason because I figure I only get to eat turkey like twice a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, whereas ham and 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 whatever else you know I get to eat any time of year. Yeah, but turkey's so rare, and uh, twice a year is a good number for me too with turkey. Yeah, I think it's the same for ham. I do turkey and ham twice a year. Yeah, and that's yeah on Thanksgiving what, or Christmas. What do you get at Subway? Yeah, you do like ham sandwiches. I usually do. Oh my god, you're right. Dun dun dun. <laughs> well done, Mike. <laughs> um, okay, before we get into the actual stuff that people like to listen to, um, what's your favorite side? Oh, uh, you know what? I've become a huge fan of Jamie's sweet potato casserole. Oh, oh that's, yeah, that's a great it's dish. It's really great. I bet. It sounds good. Uh, we'll have her whip some up for uh, the show. I can tell you have one you're wanting to tell us, Ryan. <laughs> for me, it's deviled eggs. Oh, oh you were talking about this is. earlier. I is. love it. Now, the concept of a deviled egg is really weird to me, and if I don't eat it in one whole bite, it probably would gross me out. Right. But I love a deviled egg. I think for me, it's tough to say. I, I, I do Did enjoy- Did you fondue a deviled egg? Come on now. Oh, see, why not? <laughs> Well, you got to keep it the real world, Ron. <laughs> you're, just, you're right. But no, uh, I would say for me, it's probably going to be something that has cheese in it. So either like a uh, a cheesy potato casserole, okay. uh, like scallop potatoes, yeah. or a uh, macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. Here's the weird thing. Scallop potato, mm-hmm. my least favorite potato. What? I don't like a scallop potato. I don't know why. Okay. Well, I just don't never, know why. I, yeah. I feel like I'm in my, therapy You've right never now. had my scallop potatoes. <laughs> I guess not. But yeah, we hope everybody at home that's listening to this episode, we hope you have an awesome Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, Enjoy, yeah. Yeah. It's always my favorite time of year around this, from now, from like Halloween to the end of the year. Yeah. So I think it, it actually does bring people together. I'm, right. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, this is going to sound probably cheesy, but um, I, I was at Walmart of all places the other day and I was just looking around and they had the Halloween decorations and the Christmas decorations both rocking as they do. And I just kind of felt kind of pleasant and it's because of that very reason because it made me feel like this is one of the times of the year where this country is less divided than those everything's become so divided it just it just brought me peace to see somebody agreeing and coming together at least on christmas or something like right. that you know yeah 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 it's just like the, the time of the year where it's like 
hopefully people can put together distant yes, differences yes. and kind of be together. Except for that one weird uncle that always shows up. There's going to be that one uncle. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, yes. It's crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah. Wow. A lot of news. A lot of news. Like I cannot imagine. So the day after we recorded the last episode, the strike ended. Yes. Thankfully. Thank it goodness, felt like yeah. it had been like eight, like that Titanic meme. It had been 84 years. <laughs> the strike is over and we have just been swamped with movie news. Mm-hmm. Like they can finally now get to a point where they can start like announcing casting, big rumors coming out. Yeah. I guess the first big rumor was, and this is kind of interesting, a bit of a stretch, as uh, Pedro Pascal as Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I love Pedro Pascal. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I don't know if I can see him as, unless they're going older for, well, for the Fantastic Four. And that's the thing that gets me, because usually Disney will cast younger, Yeah, just in keeping in mind that they want to do a franchise, mm-hmm. and so yeah. they want someone that maybe five, ten years down the road, they can still make part three, part four. Uh, Pedro Pascal, I think someone told me, was 52 years old. Wow. Which yeah. is still young. That's a young yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when you're making a movie, when you're making movies and you're thinking potentially doing uh, sequels and making franchises, uh, you know, 52, next thing you know, they're 62, and they're still playing Mr. Fantastic. And they've started to skew Reed a little bit on the older side. You know, he's, he's been rocking the Great Temples. Uh, right. And he's looked a little haggard lately, but I don't know. It, it's not the age necessarily. I'm just not sure that, that Pedro Pascal fits the bill for me for a Reed Richards. He's an actor, so I mean, maybe yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. act it great, but it right. just doesn't match up in my head. Yeah, it almost feels like it's a it's a casting to generate buzz. Yeah, of the moment. Like they're hoping right, that right. the goodwill that Pedro has from uh, uh, The Mandalorian and The Last of Us will carry on to like a Fantastic Four film. He is a beloved actor. He is a super and beloved talented. actor. Yeah. And, and talented, talented. Yeah. And I guess on the flip side of that, they're starting to have some rumors for Doctor Doom too. Yeah, I heard, um, I guess, uh, Javier Bardem was one. Yeah. Which if I think if you think about it, if they are going to cast Pedro Pascal and they are going to skew older, Javier Bardem would be kind of a contemporary if you're looking to match, you know, Victor with Reed. He's got a cool voice. I think he would do awesome as Doctor Doom. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, the No Country for Old Men voice. He could do the, the accent. Yes, other was Mads yes. Mikkelsen from Hannibal. Also oh, an yeah. excellent choice. Yeah, excellent and some people say, well, no way he can do it because he's already a character in the Marvel Universe, but I don't mm. think that really matters. Do you count that, though? No. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because most of the movie he'll probably be in the the iconic uh, mask, the mask, Doctor Doom yeah. mask, yeah. So I, I think I think Pedro is more of probably a possibility. I think with everybody that that's kind of been talking about this, I think it's probably a done deal. Oh really? I I don't know. Okay. It's, it's, it's a heavily circulated rumor. It's better than the rumor that was like last year that uh, Mia Kunis was going to be the thing. Oh boy. <laughs> That was weird. That's weird. Yeah, that's not happening for sure now. You know, that brings up another point in that a lot of Marvel's early success came from casting unknowns. You know, would it it suit them better to cast an unknown and continue that trend or lean into an expensive celebrity? I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And then that's the other thing. If you are thinking, like I said, going back, thinking trilogy franchise. Mm hmm. Um, if you cast the unknown, it's going to be much cheaper down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to be locked into three movies of paying Pedro Pascal forty million dollars, fifty million dollars. Yeah. And as people that are in our late eighty, late forties, whoa, whoa, yeah, I know. Dang. Uh, I don't want to think age is a number, but realistically, it is because if Pedro is fifty-two now, right, and they're going to plan for probably like the next ten years. Yeah, Pedro's going to be in his mid-sixties by the time his contract would run out. Yeah. I mean, I know they, they, Paul Rudd and um, RDJ 
were kind of old older when they got cast. But for Robert Downey Jr., a lot of it is just basically him, his face in a with a green screen behind him. Right. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little tricky. I wonder how they're going to handle this movie. Is it going to be an origin story? Is it going to be, you know, they went off to explore the multiverse 20 years ago, and now they're coming back? Yeah. Are they going to be from the multiverse? It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. It is. It's also going to be creepy how old the lady that plays Invisible Woman ends up being, because if Pedro's like a 50-something-year-old man dating like a 30-year-old actress, that's that's a little creepy, so... Mm-hmm. They, kind of, they kind of had that issue in the first movie, right? Like Jessica Alba seemed like she was way younger yeah. than the guy they got to play Reed. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. sure what the age difference yeah. was, but he was. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. It is, but I, yeah. I, I think Disney will do it well. I think I so. I, do. Yeah. I think they'll have the heart and spirit in the right place. At I least. think so too. I mean, if they just basically do an Incredibles movie, right? That yeah. was basically yeah. Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's the best Fantastic Four film we've gotten. Yes, and yeah, uh, yeah just do that in, in live action. And they've also announced, sticking in Marvel, before we move on to the, that uh, the Deadpool is going to be the only Marvel movie next year. Right. Pumping the brakes a little bit. They're pumping the brakes. You're going to have the Sony movies. You had the Fox. The Sony, I'm the sorry. Fox, the the yeah, Sony, Sony, yeah. The Sony, yeah. the Madam Web. Madam, oh, yeah, the Madam Web. That trailer was so bad. <laughs> oh, oh, no. You didn't like the trailer? Did you like it? I didn't know if I saw, if I was uh, watching a Madam Web movie or right. a Final Destination. At first, I was like, oh, my God, Final Destination's it was, back. It had a very strong Final Destination vibe. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like the whole, the Wish.com joke. Mom, can we have Spider-Man? We have Spider-Man at home. Yeah. Um, I like Ezekiel, and I don't care for what they've done with him in that new costume that looked kind yeah. of corny. And it's soon. I think it's February. Yay. But Sony is also going to have, if it stays true, Craven and Venom will be this year. But Marvel proper is only going to have Deadpool, yeah. okay. and DC is only going to have Joker. Oh, that's right. With, oh, uh, yeah. I didn't so, think about that. And uh, with Marvel, and I know, like, um, I think this is... I think this is a good sign. There was a book that came out a couple of weeks ago called The MCU. It was basically like an oral history mm-hmm. of the start of the MCU up to recent. And they said in the book, once Phase 4 started, right. uh, Kevin Feige was stretched really thin. Um, mm-hmm. He had the movies and then also now the television shows. And he was also working on a Star Wars project. Mm. And so unlike in Phase 1 through 3, Kevin Feige was almost like a, a backseat director. Mm. Hands on. On everything. And on this, he couldn't be. Right. So I think now, seeing that Star Wars project is dead, they're cutting back the number that they're going to start doing. They are. They've already restarted uh, Daredevil, and they pushed Captain America out another gear, and they're doing, I think they said, reshoots from January into May, which right. that's significant. That's a lot of reshoots. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's like half a movie. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm hoping they're kind of correcting the ship i don't believe the whole doom and gloom that it's over for the marvel universe no certainly not yeah. i mean guardian still did a billion dollars yeah um i mean marvel's is definitely failure Under, it's underperformed yeah it's underperformed it's gonna be the first marvel movie that may not hit 100 million domestically but you know what the online response from people good. that have seen it people are like this is better yeah. than i expected yeah. this is yeah. legitimately yeah. like a fun good movie so. and it seems uh. like marvel is staying with those actresses too which makes me happy it doesn't look like they're they're learning lessons, but the mm-hmm. right lessons. Yeah, this is what I'm hoping. I hope with a year before we really get another big Marvel stuff, like I think that'll help get the anticipation back for for the Marvel movies, especially with Fantastic Four, aka Grumpy Old Men, and <laughs> um, the X Men starting up. Because yeah, like you said, 
the Marvel's word of mouth has been good. It has. Yeah. 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 Oh, speaking of, can we talk about the post-credit trailer? Do we know what that is? Skip ahead like a, tw- uh, like a minute if you don't want to know this, but yeah, let's talk about it. You want to? You know what it is? I, d- I don't, but go ahead. I haven't ahead. seen it, sure? I know what yeah, it yeah, is. We can, we can. It's a big deal. No, it's a really no, no, no. big deal. Yeah, go ahead and tell me. Yeah. All right. As it, it kind of spoils into the movie, spoiler too. Spoiler country. Bit. Okay. Spoiler country, big time. Okay, I can minimize the, the end well, of the movie spoiler. Let's just spoil it. I mean, let's I may just... Because I may not see it uh, in the theater, so... Let's just rip that Band-Aid off. Let's do it. Okay, so into the movie. One of the three characters, I'll leave it at that, I'll leave that much ambiguous, uh, ends up trying to repair a breach in the galaxy, a hole in the universe where multiverse is going to bleed through, and closes it, but ends up on the other side of it. Okay. And she wakes up in a bed and sees someone that she thought was dead, her mother. And she was like, what in the world's going on here? And she's confused, and her mom's like, it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. everything's going to be all right. We've got you taken care of, and you hear a, a doctor in the background. Then it's Kelsey Grammer's voice, and the camera turns to uh, him and it's beast. beast. In a stri- it's but it's like the most comic-looking beast you've you've ever seen. He's got the white lab coat, the two fangs coming up from the bottom, the, the hair, glasses, everything. It looks yeah. exactly like him. And of course, he's like, "Well, Charles is going to have to get a look at this. This is a lot going on." And uh, the person she's talking to is wearing the binary outfit from the oh. comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a, it's a big deal. Wow. And Marvel, unlike DC, they're. Uh, after credit stuff actually happens and becomes a big part of it. So yeah, so I think it's exciting. Mm. That's what people have been wanting for sure. Yeah. So you think that's kind of like bridge some of the the Fox stuff, the X-Men stuff into the MCU? Yeah, well, it's hard to say because, you know, we saw Patrick Stewart in Multiverse of Madness and that was not that Fox's X-Men universe. So it's hard to say if this is exactly that X-Men universe or what's going on, but it was definitely Grammar as Beast and it was awesome. It, It makes sense for with the X-Men being introduced into the MCU is that they're going to have to be from our alternate reality because it's going to be hard. It was hard enough to believe that the Eternals just stood by the wayside. Right. We don't Thanos talk about Eternals. Like, <laughs> well, that's my favorite song from Encanto. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, they stayed on the wayside while Thanos was doing his stuff. Right. It's going to be super hard to believe that the X-Men <laughs> just chilled on the side while Thanos was ripping things apart. Mm. So... And it could also represent why people hate them. They're from another universe, literally stuck here. Something like I mean, I don't know. It'll yeah. be, it's going to be tricky. I think Deadpool is going to answer a lot of that. Uh, I think yeah, you're right. yes. I mean, and there's been rumors that some of the uh, the old X Men cast are supposed to cameo in the Deadpool movie too. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of makes me wonder: Are they going to do a lot of recasting for the X Men characters? Are they going to use a lot of the younger actors that are that are still playing the X characters? Like James McAvoy is still going to be Professor X. I personally, I would like to see a total recast from scratch. Okay. I think I would too. Yeah, just a kind of a, a clean slate. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I I think that's kind of my understanding was that I think Deadpool three may kind of act as like I said a bridge between the two. Yeah. Where they may be getting rid of some of the old X Men characters, and uh, and leading into some new X Men characters. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I do hope with like with Marvel's not doing well at all. That maybe they'll do a Christmas surprise and put that on Disney Plus a little earlier than normal for the Marvel movies. Oh, you think so? That's what I would hope. I I think that would be kind of neat. That would be neat. It would be. Yeah. Christmas spirit. Yeah, but next year, not a lot Mm -hmm. from uh, Marvel proper or DC, but Mm 2025's Superman is looking nice. Yes, very nice. Very nice. Uh, So what did they do? They announced Lex Luthor. Like this week, right? Yeah, Lex Luthor casting is official. They announced uh, one of the members of the Authority is gonna, has been cast as well. 
Uh, you mentioned that they just cast Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, Jimmy Olsen oh, is, if you saw the show Santa Clarita Diet, like it was a couple of years ago with Timothy Oliphant, it was like a zombie show. Teenage boy from that show is playing Jimmy Olsen. Huh. It's how, a good, it's a good how, pick, yeah. How was he on the show? He was great on the show. He, okay. he had good comedic timing. Yeah. So I think that's a that's a good pick. For Jimmy, yeah. Lex Luthor is Nicholas Holt. Speaking you... of the Beast. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Yeah. And people may remember him recently from the movie The Menu. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was the jerk. Yes, he was. Yes. I think it's a great it's a great choice for Lex Luthor. Yeah, I could see him doing that. He plays a lot of jerks because he was also on the show The Great. I wonder if he'll have the accent. He can do a good American, I think. Yeah, because he had an American accent in the menu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he's a perfect... Uh, yeah. Because um, I can't remember... The, the, person, the person that's playing Superman's kind of an unknown, right? Yeah, yeah. He ish, is. Ish. And Lois Lane, uh, she's known from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Right. Yeah, so it's it's strong casting. Yeah, no, the casting... And everybody's excited to see what James Gunn's going to do when he gets his hands on the, the DC Universe. and I am so excited about that. I... To me, he just gets the heart and soul of movies so well. With between Peacemaker and Guardians, taking ragtag characters mm-hmm. like that and actually making you care about them, right? That's skill. It is. Now, do you guys know the Authority? Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. is this a cool character? The first Authority that's been cast? Yeah, I mean, she's one of the core members. Um, but the, the Authority is a cool series and some cool characters, and it'll be very interesting. So I think it'll be an interesting group to put Superman up against. Really, mm-hmm. it's, it's probably have got a lot to say about modern times. Okay. And Guns also said like he doesn't plan for anybody to see Superman in the suit until the movie is finished. Good what? luck with that. Oh. Yeah, that's not gonna. Happen. He's gonna have to hire Nintendo <laughs> to keep that secret. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I'm mm. excited for it. Yeah, because I know a lot of people think oh, it'll just be Gun being hit, like how he did Guardians, but I think he understands Superman. It has to be played a little differently. A different tone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's just going to make every movie's going to be Guardians, we'll tire out of it really quickly. Right, right. But if, he's, but if he's smart, which I think he is, I think what he's going to do is he's going to farm these movies out to different directors that he thinks that will fit kind of the spirit of the character. Yeah. At least ho- it, hopefully. Yeah. And oh. The Authority is getting a spinoff, right? Because I think that was one of the nine when he announced like a, last year the what all the movies he was going to do. They now have a writer for uh, Supergirl. One Minute of Tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, fantastic. Do you have copies of that here? I don't right now. Okay. No, no. It's, it's very it's, hard to get, right? Yeah, but, it sold out right when they announced. He put out that list of 10 movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but no, that and... and also, he, He's supposed to do All-Star Superman, right? Is he doing All-Star Superman? Wasn't that one of the ones he... I, uh, I think that he'd mentioned that he was using that as a loose vibe of oh, feeling that he's going to go for for Superman. For Superman. Yeah, Maybe that's right. But that's not all the news. There's one particular bit of news that I am completely stoked about. It's that right call. It's what's needed to be done, and that is putting Dave Filoni in charge of creative at the Star Wars franchise. Man. Tell me about this, because this just broke. <clears throat> yeah, like today. People love Dave Filoni. He's nailed it. I like mean, he, Star Wars fans. To me, he gets what Star Wars is more than anybody outside of maybe John Favreau mm-hmm. and of course George Lucas. But he's moving right. on. Does that mean Kathleen Kennedy? Is she still like over all the whole thing? Uh, she's yeah. going to be like executive producer kind of deal. Right. But he's he's in charge of the creative aspect, and uh, I would imagine in this role, considering how popular his stuff has been, she will just defer to his decisions. Uh, that's oh, what's yeah. going on here. Um, I'm, I'm so excited about that. I, you know, I wasn't a big fan of the sequel movies. I think they missed the mark in pretty much every way you could miss the mark. But mm-hmm. the Mandalorian series, Ahsoka, those are so good. That's exactly what I want to Star Wars. He, he gets the vibe, the feeling of it. Rebels, he, he did Rebels. Rebels, yeah, yeah, the Clone Wars show. Yeah. Uh, he has a deep love for this franchise, and uh, he has a lot of respect for it and a lot of respect for legacy and characters. Um, and much like James Gunn, he knows how to make you care about characters without being corny about it. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely the right person for it. 
So you're pumped for Dave Filoni. So being pumped. Kind of it, it gives me a lot of hope for the future for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because him and Favreau kind of saved Star Wars for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about either of those guys. I mean, Favreau is also just the master of, of heart and soul and really understanding how a character ticks Yeah, and not being grimdark about things. Uh, just awesome stuff from both those guys. That's super exciting. One other thing. Another thing? <laughs> There's so <What>? much news! <laughs> we have, we're stuffed full of, of oh. news. <laughs> I had to work that through. I was workshopping it as I said. I could tell um, the way you held your belly. <laughs> Marvel has announced back to Marvel free comic book day titles. Ah, yes, yes. And there's a bit of breaking news within this. We're going to get the first taste of Blood Hunt, and we're going to get the first taste of X Men's post Krakoa era. Yes, because that's all you know. All things, all good things come to an end. It's been a ride. It has it's been. been a a ride. Yeah. Yep. This comes out weeks uh, ahead of Amazing Spider-Man 50. You're also going to get the first taste of the Return of the Goblin. But the big thing here is it looks like for the the X-Men, X-Men. side of this, uh, Gail Simone mm-hmm. is writing it. So it looks like it's possible that Gail Simone might be the new writer for at least one of the X-Titles. Mm-hmm. Kind of tying into our last episode, in fact. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you ever had a chance to read her, um, didn't she do uh, Secret Six? Yep. Yep, yeah, Secret Six. I, her I, Deadpool I, was great. Yeah, I could definitely see her doing well with the X-Book. Yep. I know they have, they've talked to the new editor on the X-Books, and he said... Mm-hmm. It's going to be to start out not as many X titles as right now, but it's not going to be like just one or two. So right. Which, maybe, I mean, they, yeah. there needs to be more than one or two. They need to bring back there's, Uncanny. There's so many. Yes, they, I agree. That I needs mean, to be. That's, that's your legacy book. The flagship Correct. Title. That is how they should relaunch this I, whole thing. I agree. Because um, it's been just X Men, right? X Men has been what they've considered the big popular. Yes. You consider title. that probably that, you know. That or Immortal. I Immortals, think Immortal's been big. Immortal's been running neck and neck with it since mm-hmm. it launched. But as far as classic, Uncanny, it's been, oh, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. a minute since we've had an Uncanny, right? X-Men. Oh, yeah. It's since yeah. before Krakoa. Almost to the point where you wonder if there's something maybe legally with the name or something mm-hmm. going on. Well, no, because but... they used it for uh, Nightcrawler's book. Yeah, yeah. But I meant just Uncanny X Men. Oh, okay. The title. I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I hope they do bring it back. But I'm excited because I don't think we've ever had like a, a female writer on the hit X-Men book. I can't think. I know we had Louise Simonson on X-Factor, but right. I don't think she ever touched the, the big X-Books. Yeah, not that I can recall. Yeah, and I love Gail Simone, so. Yeah, yeah, and she loves you. Aww. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get, a, we'll get a taste of that next year on Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, that's good. Always our favorite day of the year, by the way. Maybe we'll have a guest. Hopefully it'll be yeah. our twenty fifth anniversary, so oh, we gotta, yeah. Have a, yeah. we gotta we do gotta, something. We gotta have we gotta have the biggest guest. I mean we gotta do let's get uh Hugh Jackman in here. Can we do let's, that? Oh. Can we get can we get Ron jumping up as Hugh Jackman? <laughs> <laughs> like you know with the yeah. I guess I can start working out now. Hey, speaking of the shop, you got some uh, Black Friday stuff going on, right? So that is correct. We decided uh me and Ron had a, a advertising meeting. Ten minutes today. before this episode here. <laughs> hey, it still counts as a meeting. <laughs> it does. You know? Yes. But we had a meeting and decided we were gonna do a pop up sale for Black Friday. Pop up. Uh, yeah. Pop-up. And just we figured since we have to be here working anyway, where well, I do, I guess Ryan will be. I will be at home. <laughs> Brian will be playing Elder Winds. Yeah. So just for so people that listen to this on on Wednesday, Elder Winds. <laughs> what we're gonna do, and uh, this will be you're opening eleven, right? Eleven yeah, on eleven to eight. Yeah. So you don't have to get up super early. No, sleep in. Sleep in because. Bill's going to be sleeping in. I'm sleep um, in. We are closed on Thanksgiving, too, if you listen to this the Unfortunately. day Unfortunately. We are open until 8 uh, today on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so if you're uh, done with your stuff, you've been to, you've Come on made by. that last run to the grocery store, everything's closing down early, we'll be here till 8. But we're going to do um, 
Buy two, get one free on all back issues. Buy two, get one free on all trades, omnibuses, and hardbacks. And 20% Wait, I didn't agree to any of this. What do you... <laughs> just go with it. Okay. Uh, and 20% off all figures, statues, and Funko Pops. And that'll just be Friday. Yeah, just Black Friday. And Ryan will be here making fondue for everyone. Yeah. And I'm going to be oh, on the corner with a camera. So right. if you decide to come in here and start fighting... For those Black Friday videos, I'm going to start screaming World Star and film as much of it as possible. Yeah. I'll have the sound of a taser behind the counter. <laughs> but we'll put everything up on the, the site tomorrow, like the socials. But yeah, it's going to be an awesome. I think yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, if you're out shopping, could definitely come by and see us. Yeah, we'll, not till 11. if you want to get in the store yeah 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 that's a good that's an awesome sell yeah yeah, i think we'll do well the blackest friday (laughs) yeah and it seemed like a lot of people took advantage because we did a it's the sale that we did uh, over halloween yeah and we did fantastic we sold a ton of books ton of books perfect time uh, to get like christmas gifts for people or christmas gifts for yourself Mm -hmm. yeah it's perfect hey you know it's been a while since you've heard about your old pal sweet tennessee lee it's a time Uh, for another segment Yeah, so I, I figured, let me tell another another story. Your uncle's coming to the Thanksgiving it's, uh, table. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> just like that. Um, so Lee was, was a, a, I guess, a, a neighbor of ours for when we were open with first maybe eight, nine years. Mm. Um, sometimes he'd run errands for me. Um, sometimes I'd have him go get lunch, and I, I'd buy him some lunch. Uh one time he put a starter in my my Jeep. By the way, no. yeah, that's tell, some good trust. I tell that. Yeah, uh, he told me he had uh, him and his brother had made a uh, a race car from scratch. <laughs> one time, which I don't even know what that means. I make a car from scratch, but uh, and they'd taken it to uh, I think somewhere up in Sevierville Pigeon Forge and had finished second in this race. <laughs> what? Yeah, we had this we had their, their homemade race car. But he told me I think um, I saw him at Las Vegas over the weekend. <laughs> the Formula One. Yes. He uh, so he, he, but he would sometimes he would tell he would come by and he would tell us these stories about you know he didn't always live in the hotel and how at one point you know he was the he was a meteorologist in Florida or one point he said he had worked in the in the military and that um Joe Biden owed him all this money and that 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 Corvette that Joe Biden drives around in is his <laughs> he probably built it from scratch that he had a, <laughs> that he had won it in a card game. And uh, Joe Biden had, uh, had, I guess, reneged on the deal, on the bet. And uh, so Lee was wanting to get his Corvette back. Um, but he said one day when he was he was serving in the military, uh, him and a friend of his, and I don't, I'm not sure how Navy SEALs work, right? I'm, let, me, let, me, let me say, let me start the story by saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess him and his friend, they were, they were Navy SEALs, and they had this mission where they were to uh they were to swim into the they're supposed to there was a submarine and they needed to infiltrate the submarine so i said lee how do you get in the submarine and he said well he says we're in these navy seals uh wetsuits with the flippers and everything and the goggles <laughs> and he says we uh we swim in through the the hole in the engine <laughs> and he says we come in the in, we come into the engine bay and he gets out of so him and his friend they, they swim through the the engine of the submarine and uh, they infiltrate it and they're in the engine bay and there's two guys there i guess that are they work the engine i guess and uh 
they see Lee and his friend, and they and he says they both they're both wearing these glasses that like the the highway patrolmen wear that are like the like the mirrored sunglasses. Okay. Now, why you're wearing glasses inside the submarine, I have, <laughs> I, I have no idea. But they're both wearing these 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 highway patrolman glasses. Yeah. And he says, uh, he says he notices one of them, uh, one of them comes up to him, and he does when he sees, when he does, he sees the reflection in the guy's glasses behind him, and the guy's buddy that has the other pair of glasses is holding a lead pipe. And he's oh. about to swing it at the back of Lee's head. Whoa. And he oh, no. says when he does, Lee ducks and uh he knocks his friend out. Oh. It's uh you know, the, the guy that was Lee was facing. And then Lee uh Lee takes the pipe from the guy and I guess I assume maybe he beats the man to death. He, we didn't get Whoa. into the Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. He yeah. kinda gave me the impression that he incapacitated him severely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. And uh he was wondering how come his um his friend hadn't helped him. <laughs> and he turns around and his friends on the ground apparently having a uh, a diabetic stroke. <laughs> what a bad time! <laughs> a terrible time. And uh, he had been his blood sugar was low yeah. from the uh, swim. Lee said, "Yeah, because uh, they had to catch up to the submarine and swim through the engine hole." Yeah, yeah. and so that takes, that a, lot takes of, a lot. That of takes a lot. That takes a lot. Yes. Yeah. And so I sometimes get sugar attacks from watching TV. Just from getting up <laughs> yeah. and going yeah. to the kitchen. Yeah. So Lee said that luckily he had a. An insulin pin on him, or something to to, to boost yeah, this guy's yeah, blood yeah, sugar. Yeah, yeah, I imagine it like that scene in Pulp Fiction where he's got the huge needle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's like you're gonna have to go right through the breastbone, yeah. through the sweatsuit. Yeah. So uh, Lee's got it, and he's got it dialed up. He says then, right before he could uh, inject his buddy, a guy comes from behind the corner and runs and drop kicks him. What? He so Lee's on his knees. How big is the submarine? Lee's on his <laughs> knees. His his buddy's on the ground in the yeah. wetsuit. I said, "Was it one of the was it one of the two dudes?" And he says, "No, it was it was a uh, it was Carrot Top." <laughs> and I said, "What?" And he said, "Yeah, Carrot Top was on the mission." What? And uh oh, wait, Carrot Top was with was Lee? with no, it was with the submarine people. Oh. And uh they, they apparently, he said they would often contract out for security. You got to admit, though, a prop comic is a really good, like, uh, like secret identity. Well, so the whole, the story started, he told me, and, and I'm leading with the punchline. Yeah. But before he told me any of this, he told me, we were talking about, I think we may even talk about comics. He said, uh, you know, one time I had to choke out Carrot Top. <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? Okay, so Carrot Top so comes Carrot, around the Carrot corner. Carrot Top comes and around the, the way, corner. that would be, is this Carrot Top before he started looking like a very jacked up witch? No, this is Carrot yeah. Top, like, probably in the last five or six years. So, so yeah, scary bodybuilder. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yep. And uh, he says, so it knocked the insulin pen out of his hand. Oh, and uh, he says he goes to retrieve it. Carrot Top grabs him by the ankle, won't let him get it. Like he, he said, he's got him, and he's pulling him toward him. And Lee said that he had been trained. Uh, the Navy SEALs had all been trained in Brazilian hand-to-hand jiu-jitsu, oh, yeah, yeah. and he was able to get a rear naked choke on Carrot Top. I thought and, Carrot Top was going to start doing some prop comedy with that. <laughs> oh. And he uh, he choked Carrot Top out from behind uh-huh. and was able in, to get the the needle the the, the pin in time Whew. to inject his buddy. He saved his life, but no, so he saves his friend. He gets the so, okay. so he saves his friend yeah. and uh, he says that he was he was owed 
I forget what thirty four thousand dollars was supposed to be paid for the mission. It was it was something. That's it, not that. Uh, no, it sounds like very, <laughs> the, like the government was getting off cheap. Yeah, but they never sent him the check. Like they still owed him the money. He, he said that if he ever met a, uh, he complained about. He said it was George Bush that owed him the money. And if you ever met George Bush, he'd let him know what time it was. I don't know what that meant. I took it as a threat. And now this is the thing about Lee. Like, so he would tell you these stories, and you obviously knew that they weren't true, or at least the majority of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you hooked him up to a lie detector as he was telling you these stories, <laughs> he would 100% pass. Amazing. Yeah. Like, he 100% believed these stories he was telling you. Do you think he, he got to the point you. where he really did believe all these things that happened I'm to him? I'm almost positive he mm, did. Yeah. He, he yeah. told me he was married to Cindy Crawford at one point. Oh, that wow. he was he was the Burger King at one hey, point. <laughs> we got we got we got more episodes minute, for these. He stories. was yeah. knighted by the Queen. He told me one time to be the Burger King. That would be really incredible. <laughs> yeah, he wore he wears the big head. What's the best thing that you could do on a Thanksgiving-themed episode? <laughs> oh, surely be uplifting and thankful and happy, right? Appreciate things. Yes, yes. yes. So instead, <laughs> what uh, we're going to do terrible idea. is uh, we're going to decide, I guess how we're going to approach this is we'll decide which character has had the worst things happen to them. Does that uh, make sense? Just ideas. Yes. What do you think? It was not mine. It was me. Mike's. Uh, yeah, we were talking about Daredevil. The D stands for like, depression. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it does. It's also great, too, because Bill is wearing a shirt with the really sad storyline that happened oh, right. where Speedy becomes a junkie. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think, Green Lantern 79? Okay. But uh, yeah, it's a Neil Adams cover, and a Green Arrow busts into the room, and he sees uh, Speedy's tied up, tied off his arm, oh, and he's got a huge syringe, and uh, <laughs> apparently what appears to be some heroin on the table. Now let me ask, how much of a sharp, drastic turn at the time was that? Was the the comic kind of was the comic like gritty at all before no. that? No. <laughs> so when Denny, so like I think issue seventy six, Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill took over. Denny O'Neill was writing them. <laughs> And they decided to make the next 12 or 13 issues, each one was going to be about a social issue. So they did one about overpopulation. They did one about racism, which introduces Jon Stewart. Oh, really? They did one about um, the drug use. <laughs> and the drug use one was uh, involved Speedy, who was Green Arrow's uh, sidekick, teenage sidekick, and uh, who developed a smack habit. And... Um, <laughs> So yeah, yeah, he finds out his uh, his ward is a junkie. How did his name even become Speedy? Like uh, that would be like a Flash sidekick, you know? I don't Green Arrow. I guess the arrows go Speedy faster. Yeah, Aquaman had some bad things happen. Aquaman has had some very bad things Uh, happen. The worst of being is where Black Manta killed his baby. (laughs) Oh my gosh! In Adventure Comics four fifty two. It looks like him and Mira had a yeah. Child. Black Manta kidnapped Arthur Jr., who was a baby, not like teenage or anything like that, but right. a straight up baby. And he uh, a straight up baby? basically stabbed <laughs> him to death. Straight up baby. Um, this is the big rumor about what may be happening in the new Aquaman movie. Infant murder, fantastic. Because uh, supposedly during one of the test screenings, people walked out. Oh wow! So the rumors. I don't they want may no be, dead babies. They may be revisiting that story. Huh. Uh, well. And it happened in Adventure Comics 452 is where, Weird. yeah, that's, there's a sad story for you. He also had his hand gnawed off by Piranha. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. A, that's that's Peter David's run. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, Hal Jordan had one of the craziest things happen to him. And a lot of this is stuff that obviously gets retconned down the line. Sure, sure. Uh, but at the time, Superman number 80, when they destroyed uh, Coast City. 
Yes. He's, and, his mind uh, broke from yeah, that. And, right. yeah, Hal Jordan just gets his mind broke, and then you think, how are they ever going to bring Hal Jordan back from this? Mm. But Jeff Johns later on does. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I remember reading that uh, when I was a kid, and that was just like shocking. Oh. You never saw stuff like that in books. No, no. Yeah. It was insane that somebody like that would uh, would go around and, and kill all the Guardians. and Yeah, and yeah. Because he decided he needed all the rings. All the right? rings to try and bring back Coast City. Yep. Because uh, there's that famous cover of him with all with all the rings, and he's it like looks demented. Blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's one of those villain turns where it's it's almost sympathetic. You can almost see why someone would do that. You know, he thinks he has the power to bring back all these dead people in the entire city. So you can you can understand the motivation behind it, as drastic as it was. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, not justifying. No. It, <laughs> you can, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. see. Yeah, it was Mongol and Cyborg Superman were the ones that oh, yeah. destroyed Coast City. I guess Mongol was the Green Lantern villain, right? No, he's a Superman villain. Superman villain, yeah. Okay, they're both Superman. That makes sense because it happened in Superman Uh, number 80 by Dan Juergens. And, of course, that leads to another horrible Green Lantern story. Oh, yeah. Which ends up becoming a phrase, uh, fridging. Your girlfriend earlier. Yeah, where essentially uh, Kyle Renner comes home and there's a note that says... You're look in the fridge or check the fridge. Look in the fridge, and he thinks he's going to get some like dinner. Like a di- dinner, yeah. And cool. his girlfriend has been murdered and stuffed in. Also, I guess trigger warning for this part of the episode. <laughs> Too late. Uh, has been killed and stuffed. Who killed her? Major Force. Major Force. Oh, yeah. look at you. Nice yeah. trivia. That's a deep cut, actually. Everyone knows the event, but that's a very, very lesser-known villain. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and that was a show. My God. Yeah, because it was. They almost kind of implied that she was like dismembered, like to get her in the fridge, like the, the way the <laughs> art was. Yeah, yeah. Her body yeah. was really contorted in an unnatural way. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. Uh, imagine getting a body in a fridge. Yep. Um, that was at the tail end of where, if you were a kid growing up in the '80s, that mm-hmm. was one of the things they always. Uh, parents are always scared of that you're going to find like an abandoned a refrigerator huge deal when we were growing up get trapped inside Ooh. of it wasn't there an episode of punky brewster there was an episode of punky <laughs> brewster where cherry gets stuck inside the, and almost dies was it a very special episode yep and at the end henry he's standing there yep. stone face he's yep. got the casting he goes one in something children die in a in a refrigerator <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh no that was a, that was a crazy story that was um also DC-centric, lots of uh, gruesome things going on in the Batman universe. I mean, Jason Todd beaten to death by uh, Jericho with a crowbar after he watched uh, his mom get blown up. That's that's right. Batman's. I remember voting for that. Did you vote for him to die? I did. I did, too. Did you? Because I hadn't seen a lot of death in comics up no, until no, that point, no. so I was curious to what they would do with Jason Todd. But also, like, no one liked Jason Todd at that point. He was just kind of a a-hole. Well, and get this. You know there's a, a new comic coming out that's going to have it's going to be done with a, a script. It's the facsimile. So it's the facsimile, but what they did was DC had commissioned two scripts. They commissioned one script if the fans voted if Jason Todd died. Oh, yeah. And obviously, unless it was fixed, they had to have a second script ready to go in case the fans voted that he lived. So the facsimile, when they reprint it, they're going to reprint it with the he lived script. That's amazing. Which is cool. That's that is super cool. cool. Yeah. Do you think it was a lot of people just had bad blood for Jason Todd just because? I think like, so coming off of how popular Dick Grayson was. Yes. I think a lot of people just didn't. And he was kind of a street tough and, Mm-mm. you know. Um, disobedient. Disobedient, yeah. And just kind of how people initially didn't like Damien when Damien showed up. And I remember that. I was at and, Dragon Con like a year or two after Damien came out. Mm-hmm. And I went to a panel and I had some Batman writers there. And they brought him up. And the whole room started booing. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Because, I mean, when they, he first shows up, what? Let's see. He, he beats down all the Robins. Yep. 
He uh, he slaps <laughs> Alfred around. He breaks in the Batcave and slaps yeah, yeah, Alfred yeah, yeah. around. Yep. Um, I mean, he's really kind of coming off the heels of a very popular Robin. Yes, and so the initially the way he's written, like you don't like, and he's real, real bratty, and and the way arrogant. he talks, the arrogant, the way he talks to to Bruce and his yeah. dad, you know. And so you initially you don't like him, and uh, but over time it's weird. He's kind of turned into a fan favorite. Yeah, and I, um, I love Damien. Yeah, and you know with Jason Todd, that's not only something bad happening to Jason Todd. That's also something happening bad. To Batman, Batman, which is why I I personally would have liked for them to have kept Jason Todd dead. I, I think he's much more effective as a dead Robin, as an albatross around Batman's neck of one of the worst things that's ever happened. I mean, you know, you could still say that happened, but bringing him back mm-hmm. diminishes it for sure. Uh, but yeah, that, that's equally bad for both of them, really. And if they had, uh, and how they brought him back was like yeah. one of the most embarrassing stories. Oh, cheesy. Like, oh, where cheesy. Superboy Prime punches oh, reality. yeah. Punches through reality and opens up a, yeah. 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 We got a Lazarus pit. We don't, I mean, it's right there, people. But Yeah, but um, that new Batman and Robin book. Excellent. It's oh, so yeah. good. Love that. Yeah. What unique art. It's so um, dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's super fine. And also, dirt. I really want to mention the colorist on that book. We've, <clears throat> we've mentioned the colorists have been a little bit overlooked, and mm-hmm. the colorist of that book is outstanding. I agree. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those books I think I have to look through twice, because oh, yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. the panel and the art is kind of like, it's great art, but sometimes right. I get lost in it, like trying to figure out everything. It's not the best panel-to-panel storytelling. Trying, you trying to look for the sailboat, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I could never do that. I was totally that guy. The I got ball, to you're sitting there on the bus where I would pretend I could see whatever that magic puzzle thing was. What's that scene in Ball Rats where the yeah, dude he's trying to see the sailboat? And that little kid comes up. He yeah. looks at it for like five seconds. Yeah, he's yeah, like, look, yeah, mommy, yeah. a sailboat. Yeah. Uh, that's hysterical. Um, Barbara Gordon. Speaking oh, of that, oh man, yeah. yeah. And the Killing Joke specifically, obviously, that, that's hard to even like vocalize. Yeah, it's, just, it's so dirty and gross. Because it uh, even applies, like if you read the story, it implies like kind of joke. Joker her. had his way with her. Um, yeah. So it's even more gruesome than what it's, you initially thought. One of those her, things took where pictures like, of her naked, showed mm-hmm. it to her dad to drive him insane. That's, right. Yeah. I know. I'm um, not sure you can get worse than that. Well, no. I tell you, just to give her a run for your money. Oh. Uh, Karen Page from uh, Daredevil. Ooh, yes. So get this. So Matt Murdock breaks your heart, right? You go. Next thing you know, you're making you're making porn porn movies. Yep. Next you know, thing you know. Next thing you know, after that, you developed a, a, a heroin habit, and uh, now you're broke. Um, they won't hire you for the porn movies anymore. You got to go to Kingpin. The only th- valuable piece of information you have is Daredevil's secret identity. So you sell Daredevil's identity for some heroin to the Kingpin. Then, after that, it turns out you find out that you contracted AIDS because you're working in the adult film industry. <laughs> and you, and, and, All this and, happens in one story. And reusing <laughs> needles. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they really, really put in. I mean, Daredevil in general has had, I mean, I could also say Daredevil because he's had a ton of bad stuff from, oh, from his dad battling Jack Murdoch all the way yeah. through. Getting but, blinded by radioactive waste. You know, yeah. all his girlfriends dying. <laughs> but the Karen Page um, is such a horrible story the karen page one in particular really stood out to me when i was reading it and most of it was the frank miller stuff and i I believe a lot of it was i'm not gonna say a lot of it but a lot of the frank miller stuff is going to be used i think for the they said for the daredevil uh, i think because it's going with that born again born again story line yeah Um, obviously hopefully now it's gonna be more based on it with the new people coming in with more daredevil Um, now with more daredevil yeah (laughs) (laughs) um the death that got me the most in a comic book ever. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this on the episode. Big Keith Giffen fan. I loved their Justice League America uh, in the late 80s. I became a huge Ted Kord fan. And they did a story, uh, they did a book where it turns out Maxwell Lord is mm-hmm. e- super evil villain. 
and the last page of the book and to set and to set it up just before they and, and Max Lord had been on the team yeah, with yeah, he him was a for, part for of the team. years in yep. on Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. And so he basically betrays them all. Betrays them all. Uh and uh he shoots uh Blue Beetle in the head. And that's oh, like yeah. the last page of that book. Yeah, execution style, right? Like yeah, he's on his knees style. and Ooh, yeah. yeah. I hate it. Like I I, I think I stopped reading a lot of DC stuff for a while after that. Oh, wow. Were you yeah, happy really? when uh, Wonder Woman snapped his neck? I was a little, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, great villain. I think he's back now, right? They're all back. Like, yeah. Ted Cord is back. Uh, Maxwell Lord is back. Right. But I remember when I read that, I was just. Yeah. Yeah. That was rough, yeah, because it was left field. It was very left field. The X-Men in general have had some terrible... What do, what do you think, Bill? What do you think is like the worst thing that's happened to the X-Men in general? Because there's a long list. Oh, geez. So, I mean, Colossus dying with the legacy virus uh, comes to mind. Um, that was hopeful and depressing at the same time. Yeah, how does yeah. That, how does that... Because I don't think I was reading books at that time. How, what happens here? So, they had a... Um, a virus, and I guess it was the legacy virus killed mutants. It's kind of like mutants' age. Kind of like mutants, yeah. If I recall, I think it's that the only way they could have the cure work is if it killed the person that it injected, and that reaction would cause the cure to spread from there, maybe, and he sacrificed himself and injected himself with it, Mm -hmm. I think. There there was a sacrifice, yeah, there was. And then they kept him dead for 10, 11 years. Quite a while, yeah. Yeah, this is back when comics, when death meant something. I mean, they're still coming back, but sometimes your character would die, and they'd be gone for like, Seven years, eight One years. One of the best returns of all time. But I remember, like, when he returned, because that was when I got back into comics, mm-hmm. and that whole panel progression of Kitty realizing that Colossus was alive again. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, where she's running through the ship and she's yeah. phasing, and then, uh, yeah, she uh, Colossus phases through her. Uh, the X Men got gotcha. to me really when the whole Outback thing, where they were just uh, where Wolverine was put on the cross. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, uh, Mark Silvestri. Yeah. Yeah. It, and especially, um, even though I hate how quickly they turn around death now, mm-hmm. the Hellfire Gala issue this year. It was shocking. Oh, yeah. Shocked yeah. the crap up. Even though everybody's pretty much back now. Yeah. But for, for an issue, it was a bloodbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the similar events in the mutant history, of course, we had uh, Wanda saying no more mutants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Removing the powers of millions of mutants, uh, yeah. not having any more born forever. The original mutant massacre of the Morlocks oh with God, the Marauders. With Angel? Where yes. they, yes. where they uh, basically tie his, they they hammer his, his wings. wings. They, that was like one that really shocked me. I remember talking yeah. to kids in school after that issue happened. Especially because the age you were when you read that issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You were younger and. Yeah, and the things that happened to just personally Logan himself are horrible. Just the entire Weapon oh, X thing alone. You yeah. can just get into just the stuff that he's been through. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, basically seeing all his friends die over the years. You know, he's 160 years old or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that story where I think it was near the end of Grant Morrison's run, mm-hmm. where Wolverine has to carry Gene's body into the fire into, into like the, the sun. sun. Yeah. 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 Oh, some good stuff at the X Men. Um, Spider Man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Glenn Stacy is the all time. Oh there yeah, for me. I mean, because for for me with that story, the always the thing the thing was is like you never knew if Spider Man by Spider Man catching her with the web if right. that's what broke her neck, yeah. or that if her neck was already broken, like the Goblin had already broken her neck and was throwing her dead body down. Yeah, but uh, I don't think they've ever like retconned that into being decided either. I think it's still in that gray area, right? Yeah. Well, like I said, the only thing I remember was that I think they they do draw a little sound effect. Of, of a snap yep. thing when Ugh. he when he gets her, but the, but the snap just could be the her body you know coming back yeah uh, but and yeah. credit for them for never bringing her back 
I mean, they have Spider Gwen now, but yeah. that's a different reality Gwen Stacy. True, yeah. true. Yeah. 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 So the actual Gwen Stacy is still dead, and I think that's important for Peter's character. It'd be like bring Uncle back Uncle Ben. ben. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, precisely. Um, when Ultimate Spider Man, when Peter passed, uh, in Ultimate oh, yeah, Spider Man, was killed, uh, and they have the the funeral issue, right. and Miles goes to the funeral to talk to May, right. and Ultimate Gwen in that universe is confided, you know, like comforting her and everything, mm-hmm. and that whole scene where she tells Miles it's okay, you know, that there needs to be a legacy here, a it's spot, just yeah. so fantastic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it's crazy how uh, how much comics can move us, you know, really well written mm-hmm. comics and and yeah. some of these scenes that that we remember for for our lifetime, you know, years and yeah. years mm-hmm. that stay with us and. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's incredible. The Punisher had his entire family murdered in front of him at the park. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it turned out she was going to ask for a divorce. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> oh, Craven's uh, Last Hunt. Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Especially Buried Alive is bad, especially because the age that you read it. You yes, know, yes, that whole scene where Peter crawls out of the grave, right? And Amazing. he's so much PTSD, and the first thing he wants to do is get home to his wife and mm. just hug her. Right, yeah. That whole, that whole scene is so freaking well Yeah, done. that's a book I'll never forget. Superman was beaten by Doomsday until he was dead. That's Yeah, pretty that was bad. pretty, yeah. And there was a lot of blood in that, which was unusual for a DC comic at the time. Mm. I remember, like, when that happened, uh, bringing that first issue, mm-hmm. that issue to school, and everybody wanted Ooh. to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, because remember when Doomsday shows up, like, everybody tries to stop him before he gets to Metropolis. And uh, he walks like right through the Teen Titans, smashes them. Uh, I think he killed a couple of them, maybe. Did he? Yeah, I want to say. Or ripped somebody's arm off. But yeah, I mean, and, and he does it literally with one hand tied behind his back because mm-hmm. he's still in, in that little um, street jacket. Yeah. Remember the first thing we see uh, when he comes out of that vault, that, that little bird lands on his hand and he just crushes, crushes it. Crushes it, and yeah. That sets the tone right it there. It does. Just a killing machine. Yeah. All life, you know. I think it was like one of the first major deaths in a superhero comic this is before they were this is the first time they really used it for a big sales thing right it's like this is probably the death of the yeah sounds right yeah wally west was written out of ever being the flash and his family was just erased out of history and time that's yeah a, that's, that's pretty rough right there oh god yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's the only tom king misfire i believe is that is that heroes, heroes in, in crisis, crisis where they that's rough. make wally west into like a big murderer yeah, it's like somebody really hated wally yeah, yeah and that yeah, was that yeah. really sucked because that was just coming off of them bringing wally back and everyone's yeah. like oh wally's back great oh never mind he's yeah. a murderer and i had a friend of mine he goes he goes i love the story he goes i just hate what they did to wally yeah, I feel you the know same way. he goes the rest yeah. of it i like he goes but just the, the fact that it was wally but yeah, it's a lot of depressing stories. <laughs> well, but that, um, but that that segues into why we should be thankful and yeah. grateful for what we have and for the season and uh, for family and to not be stuffed into a refrigerator. <laughs> you know, that PSA, it stuck with me. Yeah, yeah. You know that punky, Bru- that punky Brewster episode. Uh, I wonder how many kids that... It had to happen to a lot for them to do a whole episode of Punky Brewster. I mean, you'd have to look it up and see. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Only someone could do that. I bet you couldn't do that now with these smart fridges they probably know when there's a body inside yeah. <laughs> a body sensor <laughs> they just pop open so what do we think would be the top three saddest moments in comics then oh just like singular moments yeah after all the ones we discussed what do we think is the i think well, gwen stacy has to be in there i think gwen stacy would have to be in there what about um what about dark phoenix like swallowing an entire oh my goodness yeah. uh universe or planet or whatever 
You know, that's, or, or whatever. Well, I'm just saying that's so casual. <laughs> the body count. It's the law of large numbers. Yeah. It's a big number, Ryan, okay? Genocide or number. whatever. <laughs> I'm personally, I... It, it's a tough one. I, it's I just hard think, to do three because it, it it was so personal and gruesome and stark. I'm I'm gonna have to go with Killing Joke myself. I think. That okay. And Barbara, Oof. that's that's a really rough one. Yeah, and it's hands on. Very hands on. Very hands on. And I don't want to say it because I'm trying to figure out how to say this not to be cruel. I kind of wish that they would just let Barbara Gordon stay as Oracle because mm-hmm. I like they've they've kind of hedged her back. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't. I think it, it works better for her to have be that character as Oracle. Currently, she's pretty much Oracle and is kind of like a mentor to the other Batgirls. I think she'll okay, slap that's the costume on occasionally. Yeah, right. But yeah, I think the killing joke, Gwen Stacy, and what would you put as a third, Bill? <sighs> Golly. Um, so yeah, my initial instinct is uh, would be Dark Phoenix. Mm, but um, Really tragic. Especially mm, considering how that ended. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a... I could probably be talked into something else, but that's what initially comes to mind. Okay. Go with your instinct. Yeah. Nobody wins here. No. <laughs> no, come on. That's not true. The last two. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, so let's just okay, to bring so it up. Just real quick. Top three saddest. Somebody is, does uh, win here, don't they, Ryan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, top three saddest were uh, Gwen Stacy, uh-huh. Dark Phoenix, and uh, Barbara Gordon. Kim Barbara Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. yeah. All three females. Oh, the saddest yeah. stuff happens oh. to female characters, it seems like. Hmm. We do have. Winners. So, yeah. So, um, in the last episode, we did another draft, and again, Bill won. What? What would you say? We, I think what'd you say? these are fixed, Mike. I couldn't hear you. I don't huh? think I even got a vote. Thanks a lot, everybody. No? Yeah, I think you got one. Oh, I no? got one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Brad Mulchan. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. You got one vote. There uh, we go. I think Jamie ended up coming in second. I gave a heart to everybody that chose me. I noticed, yeah, you were trying to sway the votes. <laughs> I was like, hey, come get a heart. Uh-huh. But it was actually kind of close. You killed it on Instagram. Like, I think pretty much everybody picked you on Instagram, wow. Bill. But we did uh, But we did say we were going to do a draft, and this person is going to win a uh, $25 gift card. Correct. To here. Well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Can they use it on Black Friday? Sure. Yeah, bring it on down Black Friday. Bring it live, on down. 11 to 8. Huge sale all day. Uh, Justin Mitchell. Ah, uh, my good friend Justin. There you go. Yeah. Congratulations. It wasn't fixed. Don't, don't look at me no, like that, no. Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I didn't fix anything. We know it, did, it wasn't fixed because right. uh, What's-His-Face didn't win again. Ed McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Three-time winner, Ed it's McDonald. So crazy. Ah, uh, yeah. What are you but yeah, do? Justin, I'll send uh, an email to you if you don't if you ever heard this episode and just right. uh, swing by when you can and we'll get you that gift card. I think he does listen to the podcast. Yeah. We're going to have to figure out somebody else to do these drafts because I think, you, I think the we fix need, is in. We could do the next one anonymously. We're How we just, are we gonna? We're gonna do. We're gonna do like voice disorder. Yes, we get a little thing like they use when they don't. Number two, I'm big Spider-Man. Someone's in witness relocation program yeah. and they got the little thing. Yeah, no, that. Yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll figure something yeah. out. We could just we could just post our lineups online and not put names with them. No, because we, the whole fun is the discussion of the. That's drafts. true. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'm winning one of these drafts, by the way. That's my next goal for 2024. <laughs> winning one of these. Oh, drafts. okay, fun. Okay. <laughs> Mike's throwing down the gauntlet. I am. Yeah. I think it's time for our books of the week. Books of the week. That's a great song. Thank you. I worked really hard on it. Yeah. Ten minutes before the episode. Uh, My uh, (laughs) book of the week, and I don't think you can dip it in fondue. (laughs) Oh, come on. Good. Is uh, Batman Offworld. Oh, yeah. Uh, This is the first time Jason Aaron has worked in D.C. for a very long time because he Mm. did. Did he do something um, before? He did a Penguin story, and then he also did uh, Scalped. Uh, Scalped was uh, through the vertigo. Oh, I forgot about Scalped. That's Um, right. But uh, I think he, I think he's now going. Is he exclusive now to DC because he's also doing Superman 
early next year. I hadn't heard. Most of them try to avoid signing exclusive yeah. contracts. Uh, but I can see where he's ready to start because he's worked with basically every character in the Marvel universe. Like he did Wolverine, he did the X Men, he did Avengers. Avengers, yeah. Um, so he's touched Ghost, every character. Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. But this is this is gonna be interesting. It's not a typical Batman story, mm-hmm. and that kind of makes me a little because I like Batman when he's in Gotham City and nitty gritty. You don't but, like him out on the space station. But now he's gonna be space station. Uh, the last month they've been doing like a little preview, six six page preview in the back of the DC books. Mm-hmm. It looks really good. Who's the artist? It's uh, Doug. Monkey. Oh, Mankey. 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 Yeah. Oh, Doug yeah. Mankey. Yeah. Really famous artist that we don't know his name, <laughs> but uh, actually incredible art. Really super good. Actually, yeah. so he much is. Detail. He is. But this looks fun. I, I leaf through it. It's one of six. So Stephen, go ahead. You already got it put in your folder. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Ron's um, Ron's pick. Yeah, but uh, it looks super fun. I think it's a six issue. Uh, mini. I believe it is. Yeah. yeah. Looks fun. Jason Aaron owns DC, which is I think is gonna be super cool. And Batman. Yeah, like he usually does good well with the solo characters, I think. Yes, I yes. think so. Yeah. I think you'll fit DC well. Yeah. I am particularly excited this week about Immortal X-Men 17 oh. uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, as we mentioned, Immortal X-Men and X-Men have been pretty much the core foundation of the Fall of X and Krakoan era stuff. And uh, this issue is tying in so directly with this Jean Grey miniseries that just came out, which was by Louis Simonson. And although the first couple issues seemed a little obtuse because you as a reader are trying to piece together exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. But by the end of that four issues, it gets incredible and starts directly tying in with the Mortal X-Men and something that some of our listeners will know about the White Hot Room. It's something that they're really starting to feature. I don't want to go too much into it because of spoilers, but it's something that uh, Claremont and Morrison both touched on briefly, mm. and more or less it has to do with the origins of the Phoenix, maybe where the Phoenix uh. resides when it's not alive. It's, it's it's where they got Mysterium from in the Krakoan era. If you recall, early in Krakoa, they made him the first five circuit of mutant to combine their powers and went to this crazy place no one else could get to on the opposite end of the galaxy and harvested this mystery metal called Mysterium, and mm. they said that place was the White Hot Room, and they mentioned it very briefly but um, I, I can't go into it more than that. But it's a huge thing going on right now. Immortal X-Men 17 is going to be a major set piece in that. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Awesome. And so you, you dug the Jean Grey miniseries too? I, you know, like I said, not at first. At first it was a little jarring because I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. But once you pick up just what's going on, it, it really helps to read all four in a row, I think. I don't think monthly or biweekly, whatever it was, served it particularly well. Right. But once you understand what the big picture of it is, it's really great. And what they end up doing in Jean Grey mm-hmm. is one of my favorite things they've done with her wow. maybe ever. It, Very it cool. really brings all these aspects of her character together. It's, it's really good stuff. No, awesome. th- there's some stuff that does read better as graphic novel than mm-hmm. reading it month to month. So, uh, for my recommendation, I'm going to go with a, uh, a new number one book. It's, I guess, the best way to describe it, it's like a cross between... You ever seen that movie Kingpin with Woody Harrelson oh, yeah, and yeah, Bill yeah. Murray? It's like if you mix Kingpin with Inglorious Bastards. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So, uh, you have this character. In the first issue, is, it, it's an origin story. It's a setup. But this young kid, he's in town, and his dad's like the town's champion bowler. He's known as the Holy Roller. They call okay. him the... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the kid is, is picked on as a child, and there's kind of a... Of course, there's like the rich kid whose dad owns the bowling alley, and he kind of picks on the kid for being Jewish. Uh, this is where the Inglorious Bastards part comes okay, in. Okay, yeah. So fast forward 20 years, you know, the, the kid's gone off, and he's, he's kind of... Uh, become like a Rambo type, you know, now he's, 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 he's tough and he comes back to the town and, um, his dad's dying of cancer. Uh, so he wants to spend some time with his dad and he goes in the bowling alley again. And of course there's the, the, the kid who was his nemesis who's grown up, who now runs the bowling alley. 
So I don't want to go into too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he uh, he ends up basically um, beating somebody. The, the, the this this kid who comes back to town, whose dad was the Holy Roller. Um, he's got his dad's bowling ball, and he basically ends up beating someone to death with the bowling ball. And uh, so it looks like the bowling ball is going to be like his weapon of choice going okay, forward. Cool. <laughs> uh, it it's kind of has a vibe of like a a more aggressive uh, rated R version of Mystery Men. Oh, Remember yeah, how you had yeah. the the guy with the bowling ball? Hank Azera. Hank Azera, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so if you're looking for something off kilter, uh, no superpowers in this one. It's an image book, Holy Roller. Now, the cool thing is it's co-written by Rick Remender and um, Andy Sandberg uh, from SNL. So it's Lonely um, Island and Rick Lonely Remender. Island Boys and yeah. uh, Rick Remender. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That could definitely do good to get mainstream attention to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and obviously, if you're looking to get option, you know, having Andy Sandberg's name on there helps. Does not hurt. Yeah. yeah. Really good week of books. Yes. A lot of stuff this week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for recommendations, um, I am going to recommend a video game. That's weird. Uh, Come so on. So number one, <laughs> I'm halfway through Spider-Man 2. Yes. Phenomenal. So freaking good. Go out and play that. But this is a game for the Switch. Mario Wonder. Mario. Oh, yes. Um, it is so fun. They've upped the animation in this game. Everything is so well animated in this game. Mm -hmm. And the big thing they're doing this time, it's 2D. But each stage has a wonder seed. And if you pick up the wonder seed, it changes the stage. And every stage you're looking for it to see, like, what it's going to do. Like, the first time you see it, it becomes a musical starring the piranha plants. So the piranha plants are trying to get you. They're running around, and they're singing a song while wow. you're trying to get through the stage. Amazing. Everything is beautifully animated. And... Uh, if you like to play games with your kids, mm -hmm. uh, the Yoshis and Nabbit, they are invincible. What does that even mean, Ryan? So that means they can't <laughs> be Yoshis hurt. and the Nabbits, huh? Yeah, Na Yoshis and Nabbit. That's, what is going on? You're scared of this new world, old man. But uh, one thing they do, too, is... <laughs> I don't want to live in this Mario world. <laughs> you can get these badges. So, yeah. like, you know how, like, Princess Peach, you can hold the button down and she'll float? Mm. You can get badges where every character could float... You can have a badge oh. to where you can get a extra jump, like a new double jump. So you can decide on the stages which badge you want to use as you unlock them. Oh wow! And you can kind of change the game the ways you want to. Like you're like, okay, this stage should be a lot better with this kind of badge. Huh? This you do need these stinking right. badges. Um, but it's a super fun. Like it surprised me how creative and inventive. Nintendo can be. Right. Absolutely. And this is a great game. Mario Wonder. Excellent. You know, for my recommendation, I'm going to bring it back around to comic books, and I'm going to put a little spotlight on somebody that I've become very fond of lately, and that is one Mr. Benjamin Percy. Oh, writes okay. Wolverine. Ben, yeah, he's been mm. writing this most recent run of Wolverine and Ghost Rider, and you've heard me, if you That's listen right. to the show the past few weeks, talk about that crossover they did, Spirits of Vengeance. Mm. Uh, I, I, I get a nasty backlog from time to time, and I uh, last night decided, after I'd read the most recent Wolverine, where he's crossing over with Captain America, and absolutely loved it. I was like, this Ben Percy guy just gets Wolverine. It just right. feels like this classic, great Wolverine stuff. It's gritty. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to knock out this Ghost Rider uh, backlog here I've got. So I started to delve in on that last night. Absolutely love it. It's got a lot of body horror. It feels very rated R, yeah. very serious. This guy has just got a great street-level violent tone about him. It feels like classic old stuff. The uh, covers are gruesome. Covers are mm. gruesome. The art inside is. The stories are very serious. Uh, he understands both these characters very well in the torment they go through. Just an excellent writer all over, man. I, I'm, I'm loving Ben Percy right now. Good stuff. Oh, that's a great recommendation. And is Percy staying on it? Yes, Ben Percy is going to be writing the new Ghost Rider as well. Okay, perfect. Yes. yes. 
And he's uh, Predator versus Wolverine, right? Yes, actually, he is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Look this guy up. So for my recommendation, I want to give a shout out. I have a, uh, a new neighbor here uh, down the street from the store. It's a, a little place called Aretha uh, Frankenstein's. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Have you been there? So they just opened Monday. This past Monday, uh, yesterday was, okay. their, was their first day. Uh, they have something on the menu called the uh, the waffle of a measurable size. What? Uh, which sounds like something I'm definitely going to order. Uh, they have, a, I think they serve uh, alcohol all day from breakfast. to. So it's only open for breakfast and lunch. Uh, there's one other uh, Aretha Frankenstein's, and it's in Chattanooga. Oh. And when you go and read the reviews online, it's one of these places to where you're waiting like two hours to get in this place. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and so it's the exact same menu that the Chattanooga restaurant uses. Huh. So Has this the is, line looked crazy the last two days? So I, I, saw, I drove by yesterday, and the parking lot looked packed. Um, but I read an online review of a guy who had been wanting to go to the Chattanooga one but couldn't get in because the wait was so long. And when he heard about this one, he showed up like at 6.30 in the morning <laughs> and got in line. He's getting Frankenstein. And uh, he said huh. it, he said it filled up pretty quick, but he said it didn't have the line like the one in Chattanooga does. Mm-hmm. So you're saying people could go to Aretha Frankenstein Friday morning and then get this impossible uh, waffle. The size, yeah, the waffle of impossible size. Yeah. And then, uh, and then stop in for our— And bring Bill one. I'll take, I mean, I, even if it, I, can eat, I can eat half of it, we can split it, you know, you, whoever brings me would. Sounds like something Reed Richards would make. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, so, but no, I just want to, so for my recommendation, um, you know, they're, they're new to the neighborhood, and I want everybody to give them a big welcome. And They're where the Hardys was, right? Yes, so at the top of the hill, uh, if you're coming down Chapman Highway, they're on your left if you're headed south. If you're headed north, they're going to be on your, your right after you pass my store. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, definitely yeah. do. We're going to, you know, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah, it is. It is. So one of our traditions is we like to, you know, say stuff that we're thankful for. Um, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm thankful for the listeners of the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because honestly, like, you guys keep us going here because uh, we get a lot of good feedback. The podcast does really well. And, yeah. But the thing that makes me happy is that we get a lot of feedback from the podcast, and that's what kind of we want it was to get a lot of people like uh, to be a part of it mm-hmm. and it's that seems to be happening so I, I'm really appreciative of that oh absolutely um, but the thing I'm thankful for most this year last year it was you bill was it I, me yeah oh. I, I loved you I loved oh. you last year this year I'm gonna love on Mike there it is oh, so me. one of those things uh, I now. used to I knew Mike back in the day I never did mm-hmm. I did stand up comedy for like a little bit but my mm-hmm. nerves got the best of me and I met Mike through that. And okay. Mike yeah. and I were basically like Facebook friends. Mm. Uh, we would talk a lot on Facebook, and that was basically... Now, Mike, were you doing stand-up comedy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was our that was our friendship. Yeah. And then Mike moved into a new place, mm. and he said, hey, do you want to like record your podcast here? And we started talking about doing this podcast. Right. And I guess over the last year and a half... I became super close with Mike and uh, Jamie. Yes. And I'm so grateful for them because they're uh, great people. They're talented. Right. Yeah, I'm just I'm just very... You know how it is like sometimes when you're a little older, like meeting new friends is kind of hard. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. And so like uh, getting to the point where I see Mike as like one of my best friends and Jamie as well. Yeah. It's just perfect. And that's why one of the reasons I'm very thankful for this year is uh, Mike. Oh, oh. Wow, I appreciate it. That means a lot. Really yeah, it's very so touching, much. yeah. 
Uh, in a similar fashion, you know, I, I mentioned earlier the feeling of uh, seeing the Christmas trees and Halloween stuff and feeling unity. I, I've really been backing off of social media a lot lately and just this divisiveness and hatefulness. And I just, I feel thankful for people that are the real friends in real life and, you know, contacting people that you know and a sense of family mm-hmm. and friendship and togetherness, trying to move away from this divisive aspect of the country. So so people that are really trying to, to come together and, and, and be normal people that love each other and have great times together and have fun. That mentality, that's something I'm thankful for this time of year. I think more people are kind of working away from that toxic social media environment we're in uh, and, and working towards more of that. And I'm thankful for that. It's tiresome. It is. Yeah. It could be uh, overwhelming. Mm. Um, so, yeah, let me go ahead and tell you uh, my Mike story. Oh. So, oh, I'm yeah. also, oh, also thankful for Mike. Okay. But no, just, uh, I just, it's just one instance, but I do remember when uh, when Mike was working at, uh, it was American Cards and Comics on, uh, on yes. Cumberland Avenue, mm. and uh, and I'd gone in with some, some books to sell, and I think Mike had uh, had contacted the owner, or maybe Ron was his name, mm-hmm. it, it was in Chattanooga, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking at the time that, that Mike was a, was a stand-up guy, and uh, and then I'd, I'd see Mike from time to time. Then you thought he was literally a stand-up. That was the longest punchline. <laughs> but uh, no, um, Mike and I have been friends now for a, a long time. Acquaintances for even longer. Mm. Mike, I just want to let you know, too, that... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just grateful for the friendship over the years. I really um, appreciate that, guys. Yeah, wow, and, I feel uh, humble. I feel, feel nice right now. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, then, and the same with Jamie. Uh, I've never mm-hmm. known her as long, but uh, obviously met her through Mike. And, oh, yes. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, both of them are, are great people, and, and uh, I'm glad to have them in my life. And then, just overall, just in general, just, just grateful for, for health, you know, good health. Mm, yes. Um, you know, you go through some stuff, and you take kind of some stuff for granted. And then uh, you realize that, you know, what's important is uh, the time that we spend with our friends and our family. Um, and we can't do that if we're not, you know, if we're not healthy. And so I've had some friends of mine that have uh, have gone through some tough times here recently uh, health-wise. So it just makes me grateful for, for what I have there. And hopefully next year it will be a little easier on them. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, just uh, grateful for, for, for health and, and Mike D. Oh, <laughs> health and Mike D. Yeah. Well, I don't uh, know what to say. How humbling. Well, this has been a touching episode. Yes. It has been a. This th- is our special episode. This is our very yeah, special hey, episode. Yes, We're about to be trapped in refrigerators. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to be trapped somewhere around a refrigerator the next few days, <laughs> I think. I'll tell you that. But I think it is. I think it's time for us to maybe part ways for the night and uh, settle in for the next couple of days of giving thanks and gorging ourselves yeah. and uh, hopefully just have a nice, relaxed, good time. So thank you, everyone out there, for spending this time with us as always. I'm Ryan. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, from Bill. And also from me, Mike D. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye. Put it in a fondue. <laughs> Love to eat turkey. <laughs> Love to eat turkey. <laughs> Love to eat turkey, cause it's good. Love to eat the turkey like a good boy should. Cause it's turkey to eat. So good. <laughs>